0: Welcome back to another new podcast from the Coatings Pro interview series. My name is Ben Dubose, and I'm a staff writer with Coatings Pro Magazine. On today's show, we're going to be talking with Mike Chambers, owner of Chambers Painting in Sellersburg, Indiana. Like many coatings contractors in our industry, Chambers has had its share of problems in recent years at hiring tradespeople due to the tight labor market. However, a chance encounter in December ended up changing that, at least for the time being. At the airport in Sarasota, Florida, Chambers ran into Mike Rowe, the longtime host of Dirty Jobs on the Discovery Channel. As the name of the show suggests, Rowe was a big supporter of workers in the trades professions. And when Mike Chambers shared his personal perspective with Mike Rowe, the more famous Mike decided to take a selfie together, and then he wrote about their conversation to his 6 million followers on Facebook. As part of that post, Mike Rowe relayed many of the workforce experiences and challenges that Chambers had told him about, as well as some of the creative ideas that Chambers had shared for gaining and retaining new workforce members. The post quickly went viral, and since then Chambers Painters has seen a surge in interest, which in turn has allowed the company to hire dozens of new painters. In our conversation with Mike Chambers, we discussed the implications of his celebrity encounter and the sudden fame of his company as well as his labor advice for the industry as a whole, and specifically all those contractors that aren't lucky enough to have a viral encounter with Mike Rowe. Without any further delay, let's play back that conversation. Mike, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Doing well. Doing well, Ben. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's busy for you, and I think a good place to start, if you could, just give us a little bit of your career history, your personal biography. For anyone that is not familiar with Mike Chambers, uh, what is sort of your career in the painting and coding industry over the
1: last few years? Okay, well, I actually uh, started the painting career uh, in 1983. Hmm. So I'm a second generation painting. Uh, my father was before that. so. I actually moved to Dallas, Texas in 83 and started the painting career doing residential uh, with my father. And uh, since then I've uh, started another painting business back in uh, 94, I was actually 24 years old. Uh, Did that for 10 years, did residential, new builders and what have you, then sort of just got out of that. And then uh, went somewhere else for another 10 years working for someone, uh, for a company that I ran. Uh, it was more con- commercial and industrial based. So, um, and then after that, I started my business in 2010 uh, up to now. So, yeah, that's pretty much the back history. Uh, I also have two sons in the business as well. So, that's pretty cool. So, they are uh, actually the third generation painting. So,
0: well, that's awesome. Congratulations. And I think if you could just tell us a little bit about Chambers Painting. You said you started your own business in 2010, right? Yes, sir so where is it based how big is it uh and what types of projects
1: do you guys do okay so it is based in sellersburg indiana Uh, i also did have a satellite office in in tampa florida Uh, but we started in 2010 Uh, we do nothing but commercial and industrial painting um so we do jobs for like uh general electric here out of louisville kentucky that's basically where all our work is Uh, for GE. So, and then Fort Knox, uh, we do work for Toyota. Uh, Also, UPS World Hub, basically all the hospitals, airports, schools, uh, University of Louisville, and what have you. And so, it's been really going well. We have around probably, right now, we probably have around 83 painters.
0: So, one of the interesting things that I think has happened for your company of late You've been in the news, and that's one reason why we're bringing you on this podcast, because I think a lot of people over the past couple of months may have learned of uh, Chambers' painting, not just from the great work that you do, but also a certain story that went viral. You met Mike Rowe, uh, the guy who does dirty jobs for Discovery Channel. Was it at the airport?
1: It was actually in Sarasota. I have a place down there, so I was actually in the Sarasota airport. Uh, we had an extended layover, so I was okay. trying to work with that and I heard, I heard Mike Rowe, <laughs> I turned around, heard his voice. I'm going, oh my gosh, that's Mike Rowe. So, so uh, we, yeah.
0: What did y'all talk about? I was going to read the post, but actually it's probably easier if I just let you tell the story. What was that conversation like? And, uh, what was it like meeting him?
1: Well, actually I went up and talked to him. I said, hi, I, I just, you know, I thank the world of you. I've always watched you and, um. You know, I've, I've got a company, so I've just, you know, came out of high school, and, and now I've got this company that does very well, you know, multi million dollar business that I built. Uh, and he loved that, and he wanted to hear the story because he's all about tradesmen's and not college and, and people going out and doing what I've done. So he asked me to sit down, and we sat down and talked, and he asked me about um, how many employees I have, uh, the kind of projects we do. And uh, what kind of like health health insurance and what I have for the employees and and all the jobs and he was just really enthused with with uh, with my business and so while I was sitting there he got his laptop out he says Do you mind if uh, if I post your story on my Facebook and uh, and he took and did a selfie of me and him and posted that thing that went viral I had thirty six thousand shares and over three hundred thousand comments.
0: Yeah, so, and he's got like yeah. six thousand,
1: or not six thousand? Excuse me, six million followers
0: overall, right? He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's that like for Chambers Painting? I'm assuming you guys are, you know, a standard coatings contractor, and then all of a sudden yeah. you go viral with thirty six thousand shares to an audience yeah. of six million followers. What's that like? All of a sudden, seeing you know your company go from just you know your standard um, coatings contracting business to All of a sudden, uh, having your story go fairly mainstream.
1: It was crazy. So that was when we was meeting, it was probably six o'clock that afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I get up in the morning. I got my uh, controller here at the office. She's going, Mike, you wouldn't believe this. People's calling from all over the country, thanking you for what you've done and what have you. And then she goes, now this local uh, news channel here, it's called Wave 3 News, um, said they want to interview you. They would like to do that today. And I'm like, oh, my. So I, I came in, and they, I called the guy from Wave 3 News, and he says, uh, can we be there in 15 minutes? Your, your post with Mike Rowe has gone viral. Yes. Um, so uh, they came over, did an interview. It was actually on the news that afternoon, at evening or at night, and the next day. So we got so much exposure from it. Uh, and the thing was we was needing help. So that was pretty much the thing with Mike Rowe, that we couldn't get qualified help. So that really did open up doors for us to where we actually hired about really probably eight to ten really good painters. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it was really good. And it, uh, so now I'm a, like a little local celebrity around here, <laughs> short-lived. But, uh, yeah, it's really done amazing things for us in the business. So uh, because of that, of course, I'm talking to you. Uh, we have uh, now Benjamin Moore has come and did a, a national commercial that's going to be coming up in, in March. Here at my office, that they did. We had production here for all day for like 13 hours. Oh, damn. Commercial That's awesome. For them. Yeah. So it really opened the doors for a lot of things.
0: Well, one of the things that you were talking about with Mike Rowe in that conversation was your experiences, your challenges with developing a workforce. And mm-hmm. obviously, that post was a good stimulus in that, you know, it all of a sudden got you some very qualified uh, applicants among painters. Just over your decades in the business, I know you've said you started in 1983. Mm-hmm. And so that's almost
1: 40 years, right? Yes, 38 years. So over oh, yeah. that time. Actually, it'll how, be 40. <laughs> yeah, that's in what June. I was thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, next year. Mm-hmm. So, what have you seen as far as like the evolution of the painting workforce? What are some of the challenges today? And what are some of the strategies that potentially we should be doing to address that well
1: what we're having problems with is skilled trades in all you know in all trades Mm -hmm. uh you know it just seems like no one wants to get their hands dirty and and do you know uh hard work and it is pretty much hard work uh so i think that the problem is is like we need a a journeyman's class you know apprenticeship i mean a, a class to where uh, these guys, we can get, come in and sort of train them. I know the best is on a job training, but it's nice to have some kind of um, an apprenticeship program to get these kids out of school school, um, and get them taught. And painting is a very good business. I mean, I have, I've never been out of work in these mm-hmm. 39 years. So, you know, I think that if like vocational schools in high schools would do that versus welding and other things i need i think they need to add in uh coatings um you know and blasting and what have you because it's a big thing and it it, you, you even if you do it go to college or whatever you can always paint on the side so um yeah we just need better and i've actually worked with some schools here in indiana to where we're trying to get this into all the schools so that is something we're working on as we speak Do you think
0: the problem has gotten
1: any better or worse since you were early in your career
0: in the 80s and 90s? Obviously, the big thing that's changed is digitalization. We talked about you going viral, and that's something that 20, 30 years ago was obviously not a thing. You didn't have this interconnected world the way you do now. Is the problem getting any better, or is it arguably getting worse? Just sort of curious what you see in terms of the evolution of it
1: it is definitely getting worse it's just where we can't get anybody that wants to to work Mm -hmm. um and that's you know that's pretty much a national thing going on uh and you know i don't know what people are doing for work uh but yeah it's 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 a tough thing and it's definitely getting worse and what it's had me also do is where i've had to increase the pay uh, Mm -hmm. from four to around four to five dollars an hour uh, and i've added on some benefits like now Uh, And I love this. I'm glad I can. I just have to pass the cost on. Uh, But now we're having to uh, pay all holidays. Hmm. Uh, I went from one week vacation to two week vacation now. Uh, So I've had to do things to keep perks for the keep my help Uh, because I got a lot of guys that people want because you can't get anybody. And, uh, yeah, it's tough business. I'm telling you, because back in the 80s, it was no problem at all in the 90s even 2000 but now it seems like since two thousand and ten, on, we can't get good qualified help
0: that's interesting and i wonder if there's a correlation to social media and increased digitalization because really i would say the modern world the way we communicate and distribute information now really started to change like the late 2000s and so yeah that makes me wonder if there might be a correlation there and Perhaps that's a strategy in in which you sort of use it to your advantage, certainly you guys did in the last couple of months with mm-hmm. the uh, micro viral post scenario that we've been discussing. Of course, yeah. that's sort of organic and hard to script, but it does feel like that maybe that digitalization transformation had some uh, unintended consequences for the codings industry. Absolutely. You mentioned the apprentice program earlier. What are your general ideas when it comes to gaining and retaining workforce members? What are you thinking that we can do in this environment to sort of steer more people um, in the direction of this industry?
1: Well, we need to get some kind of as far as what I think we need some kind of federal help to where we can get this uh, applied, to where we get federal funded to get people to come in and help teach this stuff and have facilities. to get these people trained. It really does. I mean, I've I actually went to a through an apprenticeship program. I started out union. Uh, so, you know, it's a big thing. I mean, and until we get federal help, um, we just got to hire these people and, and hope for the best that we, once we get them and get them trained and, and get them where we want that they stick with the company. So, you know, it's a tough thing, but I think that uh getting the facilities and getting the government involved in and, and and it used we used to have this back years ago like in 2005 there was a place that here that uh was federally funded and it taught people all kinds of different trades you know that they stayed actually this was sort of mm-hmm. like a mini college for federal and uh, but yeah and, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else to do other than trying to now try to get these people in which is almost no one wants to work uh, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, these young people, and I, I'm not knocking young people. There's some that really do want to work, and and I, I get it. Uh, but there's a lot that just doesn't want to get their hands dirty.
0: So when we talk about some of these federal programs that, you know, you mentioned haven't really been in place since 2005, and some mm-hmm. sort of stimulus measure to get these trades businesses moving. Why isn't that being done? You know, I think, you know, as you mentioned, this goes beyond coatings. This goes to, you know, the micro dirty jobs thing. People just don't want to get their hands dirty, period, the way they did 15, 20, 30 years ago, as you was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, why aren't these strategies already in place? What do you think the, uh, the roadblock is in terms of why people, at least in the last 10 or 15 years, haven't really? address this problem it feels like maybe the last few months or last couple of years you're starting to see some momentum i'm seeing a lot more talk about the workforce challenges and people trying out these new types of solutions but you're right definitely the last decade 15 years it doesn't feel like there's been an appropriate emphasis on the problem do you have any idea
1: why that is i really don't ben i've I've tried to sit and think about it i don't know if it's because of social media um, and i don't know if I mean, there's I think there's what 11 million jobs out there right now that people need mm-hmm. 11, you know, 11 million people that needs help. Um, I don't get it. I don't I, I really don't. I don't know if it's if they're getting uh, money from the government um, or what they're doing to live. Mm. But, yeah, your guess is good of mine on that. Uh, we've all talked about it here in my office and have meetings like, how do we get this and how do we do it? And so. You know i put ads and all over uh, i would like to get more skilled trades than versus giving a bunch of people that doesn't know how to paint mm-hmm. and uh, it's very aggravating You say that when we're actually starting out very well for our area we're above uh, most people on the starting pay so, so it's very advocacy- challenging yeah so advocacy is
0: definitely part of the solution and we can all do that as far as the industry at large Mm -hmm. but what are some of the things that you can do on an individual company level because i feel like the last 10 or 15 minutes we've been speaking largely about just broad big picture how do we sort of get more people, policymakers, whoever it may be, to understand the extent of the problem and what needs to be done. In terms of, I guess, the micro instead of the macro, what are some of the things that you can do as someone who runs their own painting company or somebody else listening that may be in charge of their painting company? What are some of the things that you can try on an individual company basis that um,
1: might address some of these challenges? We're just trying to bring people in and train them. Uh, we've actually talked about on, and uh, in, in, in here's what we're going to do. I'm actually going to start having pay someone to come in on Saturday and start training these people in my warehouse. Uh, and, and there's a lot of ways to train It's how to mix paints and coatings and how to apply, how to spray, what tips to use and, and so on. Um, and we're, we're going to start doing that. Uh, and, and we're going to work with some of these people from the high school level, the seniors and what have you, and bring them over, juniors and seniors, and teach them on the weekends. So that's what we're looking at. And I think that we're going to hopefully change that part of the industry for us here uh, to get this. And I think, it'll, I think it's going to work out well. Uh, but other than that, we just need to – we're just going to have to train, and you're going to have to do in-house training. There's no other choice.
0: Yeah, are they not getting the training that they need? And, well, we mentioned the schooling issues earlier. Is that something that's fairly industry-wide that you get these newcomers and they're just not trained to the extent that they need to be? Right, yeah. No
1: one has any skilled trades, Yeah. Of course, you know, I didn't either.
0: But we need people
1: that wants to learn. Yeah, and I guess learning by doing is the best way to do it, right? It is, absolutely. I just jumped yep. in it when I was, yeah, 18 years old and went at it. <laughs>
0: So before we wind down with Mike Chambers of Chambers Painting, uh, tell me something you're working on now as far as projects you've got going. We'll use the sort of a commercial because one of the things that I think some of the potential newcomers to the industry don't realize, you have some legitimately interesting projects that coatings crews can go out and do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you're not working at this scale, but I was sharing with somebody, uh, I wrote a story about a contract job that got done I can't remember if it was 2021 or 2020, but basically doing uh, SoFi Stadium out in L.A., which is going to host the Super Bowl in 10 days from now. And, you know, that's, you know, obviously a very high-profile example, but, you know, what are some of the projects that you're working on or have worked on? Because I think, you know, that might be one of the solutions, too, is just making sure that people are aware that, you know, hey, this isn't just, you know, run-of-the-mill painting houses. You know, you go to some legitimately, interesting places what are some of the things that you guys are working on
1: well uh one of our big jobs we have going right now is at general electric so uh we're painting exposed ceilings over top their production so we're actually coming in at nights and dropping all the the tarps and what have you and containing and then by seven in the morning we have to have all the tarps back up cleaned up and gone and on weekends we go in full time so that's one very hard job that uh, actually these ceilings hasn't been painted since 1956. Wow. So they're horribly dirty. So that's a really cool job. And then we, one thing that we've done, haven't done, but we've done now is we're doing a, a huge job. It's an it's a $800,000 project for University of Louisville, and it's their student, ha- student housing. So it's a, it's a very big job that we have going. And then we also uh, do a lot of work out of Fort Knox, Barracks, and what have you. Um, and we're also blasting a few tanks outside of General Electric, uh where they got there' some of the chemicals in the tanks. They're not too tall, they're probably around thirty foot tall. Um, uh, but we're blasting and coating that and what have you. So uh that's pretty cool cool projects. We're also doing a nice big warehouse floor coating job uh, along with the ceilings and decks, deck ceilings and walls and what have you for UPS.
0: Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, UPS and that's one of the about. yeah. And that's one of the things that I've read a few surveys of young people entering the workforce, and they always say that the younger generation wants to feel like that what they do is important and in reality, you know you're working on these big facilities for people like general electric like u p s that's pretty damn important because if those if that infrastructure those buildings aren't protected, then that's going to have some pretty adverse uh, impacts on society if you don't have the right protection and all of a sudden they start having uh, real issues with their infrastructure. It's amazing how things can spiral from there. So Mm -hmm. I would guess that that's a selling point that, you know, for you and your crews, you guys take a lot of pride in the fact that you go out and you do these jobs that, you know, to clients
1: that really matter, right? Absolutely. You know, and that's one thing great about uh, the painting industry and coding industry is, You get to change things. You get to see, and it it makes you feel good and proud. You know, even like another thing we have really cool, it's going for the FBI building. Mm -hmm. And it's their parking garage. Their their structure, uh, we're painting their structure with epoxy micro-epoxies. And it's because of rust and what have you, so we're blasting and painting that. So, you know, that's just cool stuff that we do to preserve things. And, you know, like the FBI building, you know, it's pretty cool to get in that. So, they ain't going to let too many companies get in a place like that.
0: For sure. Uh, Absolutely. I think that takes some credentials. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, one last question. When you mentioned, you know, the epoxies you're working on with the FBI, what are some of the ways that the coatings themselves have changed, the technologies over your 40 years? Whenever I talk to someone in the industry that's been around for a while, that's one of the things that's always on my mind. What are you seeing now on these jobs that's different in terms of their needs relative to 20, 30 years ago?
1: I'll tell you what these coatings now with this with the water borns and, and you know the uh water based uh, how they preserve and and preserve from rusting and what have you it's gone like crazy over and I'm glad you know because uh, I, back in my day it was a all uh oil based alkal and you know breathing and stuff uh, so it's it's a much better industry for the health of the of my employees Yep. And, and these coatings, these waterborne coatings, is just amazing these days. I just can't get over how, how – how they're. I mean, they're pretty much like epoxies, you know, um, in the way they preserve stuff. So it's gone a long ways. You know, I, I'm not a chemist, but whatever they're doing is amazing, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys typically spray? Do you all do brush and roll? I guess it depends we, on the client, well, right? It does, yeah. So we, yeah. we do a lot of spraying. Of course, those deck ceilings, we have to spray. Uh, but we try to spray as much as we can. That's for certain. Yeah. But there's of always the a technology's place. getting better there too. It is absolutely. Well, Mike,
0: this is really great insight. Uh, before we let you go, I'm sure our listeners uh, may have some further questions for you or want to get to know more about your company. How can they get in contact with you? I mean, it can be website, email, phone, whatever you like. Uh, just contact information for Mike Chambers and Chambers Painting for any of yep. our listeners at Coatings Pro.
1: So uh, you can always look at our company at ChambersPainting.com. Again, that's ChambersPainting.com. And then you can uh, reach out to me at my personal email. That is Mike at ChambersPainting.com.
0: Great stuff. Mike, thank you so much for the time. Again, my name is Ben Dubose. And for us at CoatingsPro, if you want to stay in touch with us, the best way to do that is going to our website, CoatingsProMag.com. That's where we'll break things for today. For Mike Chambers, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks to all of you for listening, and please come back soon for another new episode from the Codings Pro interview series.